Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify, the fast, lean learning machine, the fastest learning, most revenue generating personalization platform for e-commerce. Hey guys, welcome to the e-commerce growth show. So it's just after 6.30 PM and uh, I've got a very, very exciting guest to introduce you to. Uh, I expect he's on his second coffee today, but we're about 6.30 in, in the evening now, and I'm just uh, finishing off a glass of wine. So I'm trying to get some perks out of this COVID lockdown business. Um, so for this episode, we've actually gone international to the west coast of the USA, and I'm going to be speaking to a very cool dude by the name of Jimmy, Jimmy Hickey. I was going to say, hey there, Phil. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You are absolutely spot on, except I'm not drinking coffee today. I'm drinking some yerba mate. Good stuff. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. I was just going to say, Jimmy is the founder and owner of Findlay Hats, and that is a headwear company based out of Portland in Oregon. And they sell hats that are built for good times and have a community of over 100,000 strong worldwide. Hey, Jimmy. Hey there, Phil. Thanks for having me. That sounds pretty amazing. I'm really excited to uh, find out more about this. Why don't you tell us where the idea for Findlay Hats came from? Alrighty, so we're from the Pacific Northwest, and out here we have a little volcano called Mount St. Helens. Are you familiar with uh, Mount St. Helens, Phil? I'm not. I'm not. Ah, it's a really cool mountain. We got we got a whole yeah. mountain range out here through the Cascades, but the uh, one in particular is Mount St. Helens, and I grew yeah. up at the foothills of that mountain. And in uh, I think May of 1980-81, it erupted. It was a big ordeal. It was a huge, you know, eruption and uh, spread ash all you know across the area. Yeah. Um, it was you know, a pretty big ordeal, but there was a, a many rivers and streams that come off of that river. And one of those rivers in particular is the Toodle River, the mighty yeah. Toodle River that feeds into the Columbia River. Columbia River separates Washington from Oregon, just to kind of paint a picture for you. Yeah. Um, now, the Toodle River is great for rafting. It has a handful of like there's one section of it that's kind of a lazy river that you just kind of hop on and just kind of hang out. Um, and then the upper part is a little bit more aggressive. There's some rapids. There's some. Uh, it's like a serious, you know, river rafting area. It's not just people on like uh, old inner tubes and whatnot. It's um, either way. There's there's an, a section through that called the Hollywood Gorge. And when you're rafting down this this uh, river, you'll see all like kind of a uh, evidence of the explosion from you know way in the past. So there's like let's say a logging truck that's completely submerged underwater, or the foundation of a house, or um, Course, yeah. yeah, it's a pretty, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating little area. There's like yeah. two areas in particular where it's, you know, you can really see the wreckage from that uh, eruption or from the, the flood afterwards yeah. or from the, the flow of all the like, wow. wreckage, I guess. Uh -huh. um, but through it, there's an area called the Hollywood Gorge, which is kind of like a, it's like a rite of passage for kids from my hometown to like go through that area. At least it was um, where it was just a very sketchy part uh, or area of uh the river and basically if you go too far to the right you flip you, you can get stuck underwater you can die um but it's, if you and then if you keep going if you stay too far left then you uh go off like a it's not it's not gonna kill you but it'll hurt you you fall off like a anywhere from four to seven or eight foot waterfall yeah. um so you basically have to stay really far left and then immediately go really far right um yeah, yeah. it's a challenge and especially with like a, a janky little you know walmart raft uh it's not the yeah. easiest or the safest um so i was 12 13 14 i should probably know the exact age but i don't <laughs> but i was rafting with my friends i couldn't drive i know that much i know my friend brandon king drove us there good dude and uh we uh so we were rafting and uh i'm a hat addict phil like if if 
I don't yeah. have a hat on my head. I feel naked. And yeah. uh, it's been this way for a while. And yeah. uh, it was true then too. And uh, so we're rafting and we go through the Hollywood Gorge and we flip. And luckily we all survive. But my favorite hat did not survive. It was oh, this no. beautiful quilted Burton snowboards hat that was like, okay. um, yeah, it was just a really nice hat. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I lost it. And I had to spend the rest of the day without a hat on my head. And it was uncomfortable. And yeah. I had a really embarrassing haircut at the time. Like, it's kind of embarrassing by choice. It's kind of like yeah. a friar's haircut with like a, a hollowed out, like halo in the middle type of deal. Really? Uh, yeah, I, it was. We were just giving each other goofy haircuts, and uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I had yeah. that one. Yeah, and it looked fine with the hat on, but when you took the hat, so, yeah, so, so I had to spend the rest of my day with this weird halo haircut thing, and in a pretty, you know, no, no, no disrespect to the area, but uh, it's a pretty hillbilly area. Shout out to yeah. Castle Rock, Washington, okay. and uh, I got you know poked fun at for having the, the yeah. weird haircut, and I don't blame yeah. them. And, uh, so either way, I didn't, I didn't want to lose my hat the next time I went rafting. So, uh, next time I went to the Tootle river, which was probably three days later, um, we spent a lot of our summer on that river. Um, but I didn't want to lose my next hat. So I took the shoelaces out of my shoe. Um, I cut holes in the side of my hat and kind of tied them up there and then tied the laces around my chin. And I made my first, uh, I called it my water hat and I just wore it every time I went on the water. And my hat stayed on my head through the Hollywood Gorge. It stayed on my head for the whole trip. And it was basically, I made a little chin strap out of my shoelaces. And every time I wore that hat, uh, people would always be like, man, that hat's so cool. Where'd you get it? And I was like, I made it. And they're like, well, if you make more, I'd buy one. And uh, fast forward, like, I don't know, nine, 10 ish, seven years, I uh, decided to make more. And that was when you were like really young, right? That's amazing. Yeah, I was, I was like middle school. It was like, uh, before, like, I want to say 13, 14 ish. Yeah amazing is that so is that just looking at the website now is that those like the string that goes across like the cat bit and then can you is that the yeah you also make it to a chin strap exactly so that's our our patented mm. to, to explain to the viewers that's our patented yeah. stampede lace so it's a lace that goes in front of the hat that rests yeah. on the bill you can use uh you can do different colors so you can mix and yeah. match and color coordinate match your outfit match your shoes whatever you can tie yeah. that lace in different styles on the bill but most importantly you can then adjust the straps to be brought down around your chin to keep your head on your head through good times wow i get it i get it amazing so this yeah. is then this is then something that anybody in extreme sports or anything like that who can obviously is not wearing a helmet, right, but wear a hat can then yeah. wear that hat and it's not going to come off. Absolutely. And first, first of all, you mentioned helmets. We totally suggest anyone who's participating in any extreme sport or activity to wear a helmet designed for that sport or activity. Helmets are important and brain safety is a serious issue. Um, yeah. Hats are no alternative to that. But for people who wear hats, we uh, want you to rock Finley. Absolutely. So is that, yeah. is it like, is that something that's patented or something? Or I Yeah. Mean, so so the it, lace itself wow. is, we have a patent on that, and yeah. it went through a pretty long, expensive process. Um, anyone that's experienced patents uh, knows yeah. it, it's pre- pretty tedious and a lot of hurry up and wait and a lot of denials and a lot of changes. And uh, But we found a really great local spot, and yeah, we got it. We got yeah. it patented. Wow. Amazing. So this is all coming together for me now, like seeing the website, seeing what you've done, <laughs> backstory. It's cool, man. So wh- why don't we move on to like, how did you, obviously you got a great idea and your kid, this great thing happens. Um, how did you then validate that that could be a business? Like, So this is one of my, my favorite things to, to talk about, at least to anyone that is at the early stages of an idea and they, or maybe they have yeah. a couple ideas and they don't know what route to go, uh, 
move move forward with. And what yeah. I did was so before Finley, uh, I was a photographer, uh-huh. and uh, photography is you know I love it, but it's a very saturated industry and tough to do. So I needed to work on something else, especially through the slow season. So I um, I had a couple of different ideas. This hat idea being one of them, and then two or three other ones past that. And yeah. uh, what I did was I wrote down the four ideas uh, on the left side of a piece of paper on like a grid. And then uh, to the right of them, I, I had three different categories. One was the uh, the ability to grow, like how big this idea could get. Two was how good I was at it. And if it was something that I actually enjoyed. Um, and three was the, um, let's see, it was enjoyed, how big it could get. And then three of it was um, something like I was actually like, was it good at? Yeah. Basically, whatever whatever metrics that are important to you, you put in the the grids to the right, and then you rank them from one to five. Okay. And the hat idea had the most points out of all the different uh, things that were important to me: the growth, the yeah. uh, good, how good I was, and uh, all that good stuff. And basically, the hat idea won against the other idea. So I was like, okay, maybe this idea has legs. Yeah. And uh, I I took a picture of the sample hat, um, and I posted it on my Instagram account at the time. And I just said, hey, I've been thinking about this idea. If I made these, would you guys want them? And in like 30 minutes, I had a, you know probably 20 or 30 comments or so pretty quick, which uh, yeah. uh, was you know a lot of a lot of immediate validation for the idea. And granted, yeah. you know there there were a lot of yeah, them yeah. were my friends and people I knew, yeah. so it was a little biased, but yeah, it was yeah. still enough to be like, okay, uh, yeah. I, I feel you that there's right. something there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's so cool. So, I mean, so then you, you progress from that initial, you think, hold on a minute, I, I, I might have stumbled on something here that's, that's pretty cool. How did you then sort of turn that into a business? What were, the, what were the basic steps to get from the idea to then growing a business? And then how, how did the growth happen? Ooh, so, I mean, the, the basic steps... I guess we're kind of laid out for a long time because through my photography career, I had worked with other businesses. I'd worked with small brands. I'd worked with big brands. I'd seen, you know, kind of the inner workings of a lot of places. So the, the puzzle pieces were there uh, for my exposure just through my photography career. But then it was kind of taking all of that that I've seen and then trying to kind of learn, you know, past that. Uh, so, I mean, I spent a lot of time on listening to podcasts, a lot of books, a lot of like just YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, a lot of stuff just done online. And on top of that, I had ran, you know, a photo business for years. So the, the yeah, princ- cool. basic principles of business had already been yeah. kind of yeah. uh, instilled. Um, yeah. But as far as taking an idea and taking it to market, especially an idea that there was no, I mean, anyone in business knows there's no roadmap to success for them for their exact business. Everything's different. But, mm-hmm. excuse me, bringing something to market that didn't exist before like a hat with these stampede laces mm-hmm. um they have these little metal grommets that you attach the laces through and i didn't know what a grommet was even called if it was a washer is it an eyelid is it a button yeah. is it a you know so there was there was just a lot of learning just on the basic terminology let alone the sourcing let alone the production levels of it um yeah. so it was just a lot of trial and error and a lot of trips to the craft store and a lot of time spent online um, yeah. And then once we finally had like a, an okay prototype um, is when we kind of started taking the photos of it, doing video stuff with it and sending out samples to different people in the action sports world that I knew through my uh, photography career. Um, so I, that was like the yeah. early stages stuff. Yeah. So you had a bit of a network. You then started to test the water, if you like, with what the products that you'd, you'd made 
to to make sure that they were in demand right at that point is that what you 100 percent. okay yeah i've got it and then what so then they they started feeding back and you were then obviously what sort of honing the product to get it better or was the immediate feedback yeah these are bang on and then did you start getting more creative and stuff i mean uh so i mean we we, so we started with uh like fourteen hundred dollars and uh like about 80 ish hats and we just pretty much we made all of them immediate like once we once we got the very first couple prototypes in motion uh we decided just to go forward with doing our first run and hopefully once we sell enough of those we can buy more and kind of expand from there so you know we, we started out the gate with the, the pretty much the the what is it the minimum viable product uh yeah. like the absolute minimums we could do um yeah, and it was yeah. a little bit more expensive because we weren't ordering in massive bulk yeah but you know the like i said we started this you know seven figure brand with fourteen hundred dollars so it um you know it, it really uh you know we were able to grow pretty quickly uh yeah. off of that first you know small investment but uh, we yeah. definitely didn't want to, you know, go immediately yeah. off the bat spending thousands and thousands. One, I didn't have thousands and thousands. That was pretty much my entire savings account was was put into it from the from the launch. So yeah, that even wasn't an option from the beginning. But no, we we just started yeah. with the the early prototypes and the the first run of hats. Sent them to a handful of people that had like you yeah. know small yeah. like micro influencers at the time. They were just yeah, yeah. you know that I think no one was even called a micro influencer. They just had you know a couple hundred to a couple thousand followers yeah. and yeah, yeah. competed in sports and. Um, so that kind of helped us get our, our, our off the ground a little bit, just through exposure through them and through their networks. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, I just, this is all coming, boiling down to, for me, like this idea that you've, you've managed to cleverly find a niche, right? Which is clearly got to be such a critical thing in, in making sure you build a successful business. A hundred percent. It's, it's, you know, definitely important. You have to have something that helps you stand out from the crowd. Yeah, um, we haven't really touched on it, but we, we'd have more yeah. than just that, that stampede lace too. For any of the listeners who aren't familiar with us, our hats yeah. also have a hidden pocket inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a pocket just right inside the front of the hat. That's great for yeah. some spare change, key, something like that. Just uh-huh. a yeah. good little secret pocket. And then they also have a lifetime warranty, which is a major oh, wow. differentiator because no other hats on the market have that or very few do, where basically yeah. if anything ever happens to the hat, including like your dog yeah. eating it, we'll fix it or replace it for free. And that kind of yeah. ties into yeah. well, where we're at with the, you know, early on in the company's life, I didn't know if a grommet would last four years. I didn't right. know if the pocket would stay in yeah. for a week. So yeah. the, the the warranty was kind of a put there early on as a safety yeah. net, like, hey, this is a new hat. We don't know if yeah. this will work, but if it doesn't yeah. work, don't worry, we'll, we'll get shaken care of. Um, and now we have a pretty, you know, it's, you know, we've shipped about thousands of hats and there's a, you know, we have a full warranty department that just handles incoming and outgoing yeah. warranty stuff. So it's, yeah. it's kind of a beast of its own. But It's amazing though, isn't uh, it? Cause, cause you've gone from the idea, but you've kind of, you've gone full circle in the sense of like either, either naturally or just by kind of, as the business grew, you've gone full, full tilt in terms of customer experience um, and lifetime value and the quality to the to the customer haven't you 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 haven't just said i'm going to make some hats and flog them you you've gone full full on you know everything is taken care of it's a lifetime warranty i mean that's interesting do you did you naturally want to do that did you never think oh i'm going to make some hats i'm going to sell them and i'm going to make loads of money you know Honestly, the the big picture idea when it first started was it started as a side project, something to stay busy through the uh, the slow season of my photography career. And I wanted to have 
um, something that kind of, you know, I'd be able to sell online and be able to kind of not necessarily run itself, but not be as consuming as, you know, the 80 hour work weeks I've worked every week since we launched. Um, But I mean, I, 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 do it because I love it. And it's yeah. kind of evolved uh, into, you know, different than what it was originally intended to be. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, it's, you know, big picture from the beginning. I didn't really know where it was going to go, but you know, with anything I do, I want to, you know, give it my best. And uh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, well, that certainly sounds like it's, it's really at the next level in terms of the customer experience for these, for these hats. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't be here without, without our customers and we definitely uh, try to, you know, one of our taglines is we are your friends at Finley hats and we got your back for life. And we really try to be there for our customers. We, we don't call them customers other than in conversations like this, we call them our community. We call them the Finley force. And we, we take a lot of pride, energy and effort to maintain that relationship. We have a, a group of yeah. over 900 co- just private mm-hmm. group on Facebook of just collectors, people who collect our hats that like nerd out about our hats. And it's one of my, you know, one of my favorite leisure times <laughs> is going in there and just reading yeah. about all these like super fans about our hats. And uh, yeah. so, I mean, we, we really take pride in, in the community aspect of it. And we do devote, you know, legitimately hours a day in community yeah. building. And uh, one of our employees is biggest, uh, you know, task is just to maintain direct communication with our customers through social media, through messages, through email, through all that yeah. stuff. And, uh, you know, if someone emails me, I, I respond back to them, like every yeah. little thing we can do to build that, you know, community. We have a pretty heavy email flow that have like a couple, um, yeah. like personal messages that are from me. And, you know, I get probably five, 10 emails a day from customers. Um, just, you know, surprised that like, you know, the founders reaching out to them. And so yeah. we, long story short, we try to be friends for our, our customers. We try to be friends for the community and we try to, you know, create that experience that is different from other ones and talk about other ways to stand out, not just our product, but the experience, you know, these yeah. people are, are feel like they belong to something because they do, because yeah, there is yeah. there, you know, there's something more than just a, a physical product. There's yeah. the, yeah. the back end, all that. So absolutely. I mean, it's something that is not only clearly cool, but also very very useful and actually serving a purpose so you've kind of bridged that gap i mean is it is it your customer base is it just out of interest is it mainly the the extreme sports or or even the you know the the guys on the bmx's or the snowboards on 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 the powder or whatever or is it more of a a wider fashion thing now it's the definitely on the the wider fashion thing and while we have people in all different walks of life we're we've really tried hard not to be too pigeonholed into just one area of uh activity or sport so we're not just a skate brand we're not just a streetwear brand we're not just a camping brand and we really try hard to uh kind of like you said bridge that gap uh across things and and it's and one of the the biggest influences on that is nike you know nike has a shout out to you know an amazing uh, brand based out of Oregon, their headquarters is, you know, like 20 minutes from here. Um, but they do a really good job of kind of being seen across, you know, the, the, Mm -hmm. the spectrum of different activities and sports Mm and, um, things like that. So we definitely don't want to be stuck just in one area and we're, we're very much like that by intention. Um, so it's cool because we, we do have, you know, we, we sponsor a wide variety of athletes across the board and, um, but we're not just seen as a skate brand or anything like no, that. So no, that's very no. much by design. Absolutely. So, I mean, if you were to, excuse me, <clears throat> um, kind of summarize the, any sort of particular moments in the growth of the company that were pivotal, what would, what would they be? Um, 
Okay, so we have a couple different options for that. Um, <laughs> the first one, the first like major pivotal thing yeah. was um, I was on my first uh, vacation, or we'll go, we'll, you're from the UK, I'll call it a holiday. It was on my first holiday yeah. uh, in years. Um, <laughs> and was visiting my sister who was studying abroad in Italy. And uh, we're going through, um, we're like on this little tour in a van and outside the van window i see this person like literally like you know like like very tiny streets and we're like three feet away from the sidewalk at this point and i see one of our hats like three feet from my face i'm leaning out the window the person basically couldn't have been closer to me unless he was like licking the window <laughs> and it was one of our hats and i freaked out and i told our driver to stop and i jumped out of the the van and i chased the guy down and he was like kind of a, he was with a, a group of his friends on a stag for uh, like some rugby event that was going on at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, Hey man, like I made that hat. Like that's like, and we were based out of our garage at the time. So I was like, I made that hat in my garage. Like I, like that's my company. That's so cool. Like, where'd you get it? Yeah. We talked and he was a little, he'd been drinking a little bit. Uh, yeah. And he, he uh, was just kind of like, didn't really get why I was like so excited about the hat. And I was like, yeah, man, like it has the laces and it has a pocket inside. And then he took the hat off and saw the pocket. And for yeah. some reason, as soon as, as soon as I told him that I knew it had the pocket inside and he yeah. saw the pocket, which he didn't know was there, then his yeah. face lit up and he's like, ah, oh, and he was all excited too. And we got a photo together and uh so that was cool just by itself because you know saw someone on the other side of the world wearing a finley hat and yeah. you know that was really excited for the day and was kind of like you know uh feeling the energy from that all day um fast forward yeah. that evening i posted the photo of it on reddit yeah and uh, the title was uh, i run a small hat company out of my garage i just ran into someone wearing one of our hats on the other side of the world in rome italy uh pretty surreal experience to say the least i think a pretty big mouthful for a, a reddit post yeah. um with just a link to the photo of me uh with the guy and yeah. uh I've, I've hit the front page of reddit a few times before uh, with of like photos uh i've taken yeah. so i've kind of i kind of know you can kind of tell when something's gaining traction and like yeah. 10 minutes into this post being live it was really gaining traction and uh somewhere in there our website got linked and uh yeah. to cut myself off from rambling too much on it the video the photo itself got just under 3 million views our website wow. got over 60,000 views uh we did around $28,000 in sales um like overnight or in like yeah. i think a 24 hour period yeah. and uh so that was our first like kind of big break uh just because yeah. it gave us exposure our first like kind of viral moment our first exposure on a big scale mm-hmm. Um, and at the time it was just four of us out of the garage. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so it gave us the opportunity Mm -hmm. to invest in a little bit better embroidery machine that could do four Mm -hmm. hats at a time. Um, and then, you know, the exposure was huge. So that was one big moment was just the going viral on Reddit. Um, so interesting. Yeah. And then the second one, oh no, then just the second, the second one, which is, is a lot simpler story was just, uh, even bigger pivotal moment and something that is still, uh, paying dividends to this day Mm -hmm. is just, the investing the time and energy into f- becoming a um, pretty well versed in social media advertising, um, yeah. taking the time it took to, you know, take the Facebook, mm-hmm. Facebook blueprint course, take some other courses on mm-hmm. Facebook uh, ad mastery yeah. um, because that alone has, has resulted in the, a lot of growth, smart strategic mm-hmm. advertising has been mm-hmm. extremely important to our brand's growth. 
Well, I'm really glad you mentioned that because um, just before we went live, we were just briefly talking about how you had noticed how your Facebook advertising was changing. And one of the questions I was going to ask you, actually, so I'm, I'm really glad you brought it up, um, was what's happened with that, particularly in the light of kind of what's going on right now. I and mean, obviously, just so everybody knows, we're in the middle of COVID lockdown still. Um, and so we were talking a little bit about how you've almost strategized around that and, and been savvy with the, that side of it. Can you tell the listeners a bit more about what you're doing and what your strategy is around all that? Yeah, so, um, I mean, our strategies, honestly, right now haven't changed too much other than we're just oh. spending more because we're, it's more effective. Um, right. But it, it definitely seems like, at least, you know, as of um, the middle of May 2020, the advertising space is so much less competitive than it's been for the last couple of years. And we're seeing our, our cost to reach people go significantly down while we're seeing our, our return on advertising spend going significantly up. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of that, we are just trying to add fuel to the fire and take full advantage of it while we can because we know this isn't going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as the large players get back into this space and as soon as things get a little bit close to quote-unquote normal, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we, we anticipate things will change. We don't know if that'll be next week. We don't know if that'll be yeah. in six months. We don't know when yeah. it will be. But for now, we're, we're going to take full advantage of it while we can yeah. Yeah. because uh, back in 2017, I kind of mentioned – Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when I really started to to double down on on taking advantage of social media advertising. And through yeah. that period, when we first started advertising, we yeah. were just we were we couldn't keep up with the demand. Um, we were you know we we went from doing like 10, 12 hats a day to over a hundred a day um, orders a day, not just hats, but yeah. uh, so you know we really had to ramp up scale, get a warehouse, invest in more team members, invest in more infrastructure. And at the time our ads were doing so well that I distinctly remember like crippling our ourselves from being like, okay, like I, this is doing really well, but we need to stop it because we can't keep up. Okay. Mm-hmm. We, we, we don't want to scale this because we can't keep up. And we just, we basically would put on these roadblocks to stop the growth mm-hmm. just so we could keep up with it on the production end. And unfortunately when we were like, okay, let's remove the roadblocks. Let's just go, let's grow it. Let's, let's take full advantage mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. We, uh, um, the, the opportunity was gone and trying to scale um, and grow at that stage was not possible. And this is, mind you, after we made some some ad- advancements or some uh, improvements uh, to keep up with the projected demand, not the current demand. So we were actually a little overstaffed, a little overprepared. And when we t- it came time to grow, we weren't able to do that. It, the, the, you know, the playing field has changed and anyone that's been in social media advertising for a while can, can attest to, you know, the out, you're at the mercy of the algorithm and, and it, yeah. it's a, it's a cruel mistress and, uh, it can totally change one day. Something that's been working great for a while can just stop. So you kind of always got to be trying new things and, uh, yeah, yeah. uh what, you, for whatever reason it just didn't work. So I was going to say, did, did you have, did you do all that in house? Did you cover all that with your own team or did you use an agency or experts outside your business as well? How did that Um, for, for advertising, we've done it mostly all in-house. We have, uh, one company that helps us with our, uh, retargeting and that is shoelace and they are awesome and I highly recommend them. And if you switch to them, tell them that Findlay hat sent you, um, when it comes to retargeting and remarketing shoelace just consistently does a good job. Mm -hmm. And that's one of those things that like, uh, yeah, I stand by them. They've done a great job consistently. I think almost every day since we started with them, they've just gave us a positive return on ad spend. Um, So I really stand by them. Uh, On the flip side, we've worked with, I think, three or four other agencies. Um, 
from from a very small boutique just two person team to a yeah. huge you know big team with you know a whole in-house des- video team and design team and photo team and uh ranging from $800 a month upwards of like over 4000 a month and yeah. Uh, none of the agencies we've worked with have really delivered on uh, what we needed as a brand to be able to stay with them or um, really given us a return that was even like in the acceptable range. Um, So I, so back to, I I do it all in house and uh, at least for our prospecting and conversions and like Mm -hmm. standard uh, non-retargeting stuff. um, I do it all in house. I was going to say you hard on that to keep our numbers up. Yeah, I was going to say you probably know your brand intimately and who your audience are intimately and and stuff completely, right? A hundred, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and while they 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 obviously they have more knowledge and more resources and tools and and you know they can can call Facebook directly and they you know they know more about it as a whole. Yeah. The there's no that's no replacement for understanding our audience, understanding mm-hmm. our product, or understanding our yeah. branding, keeping the language consistent yeah. and. Yeah. Um, another big thing is we, we've changed how we, uh, kind of what we, what our offering is. We used to just do seasonal launches and, uh, now we're doing weekly launches where we launch like anywhere from two to six new hats twice a week. Wow. Uh, and so that's been really cool. Cause that's it. it and they're all exclusive limited edition or only available for the yeah, week yeah. or only 24 or only 50 of them wow. made. So. Um, that's yeah. been another cool, like kind of strategic piece Definitely. that's helped us grow. It's exclusive, uh, but fast it? forward. It's exclusive. People want it. People collect it. People will buy yeah. it. And, and you know, we, yeah. we have a little bit of a problem with resellers, which is an interesting problem yeah. to have. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So I mean, so fast forward forward to today, um, we're seeing numbers similar to what we were seeing in 2017, mm-hmm. uh, where we couldn't keep up. Except the only thing is now I I know that mm-hmm. these numbers aren't going to last, and I know yeah. that you know, we're at the mercy of it changing or it getting more expensive at any day. So yeah. we need to milk it for all it's worth while we can. So we're really yeah. putting a big focus on bringing in new customers uh, yeah. through our prospecting campaigns. And uh, yeah. right now, anyone that's in uh, social advertising, like for prospecting, generally yeah. like, yeah. you know, just s- simply making your money back is like good enough because, you know, in the long term, you'll, uh, yeah. you know, you, you will, they're, exactly, their lifetime yeah. value is, is yeah. worth more. And right now we're seeing like a three, three point five return on ad spend for prospecting, yeah. which yeah. is you know just great for for at least for us for our, our business it's great anyway yeah. through it, yeah. um, you know so just for prospecting yeah. we're, we're pretty grateful to see that and uh, we're able to scale yeah. it slowly every single day. Well, I, I find it really interesting. I mean, your brand, and I can see how social media media advertising would be absolutely critical. Is is that side of it? Is it? like unanimous can can is, does any brand embrace social media marketing uh, advertising and and do it or is it is it more useful for some brands than others um to be fair i mean i really only have direct experience with our brand um so yeah. i'm not sure how that looks through other windows yeah. to my experience as a consumer and honestly i don't really buy that much stuff uh yeah. you know i <laughs> i live on a pretty tight budget with, with this thing so yeah um i mean i'm not much of a consumer i i don't buy stuff too often online but yeah. i do pay close attention to all the ads that i see yeah. and um i i feel like it's as long as you have a good product yeah. or like good creative i feel like mm-hmm. 
it could be for most brands. I feel like it, it's or most yeah. you know brands or product companies. I don't think it's necessarily exclusive just to some things because I feel like mm-hmm. if the product's strong enough that mm-hmm. does serve a need and it's put in mm-hmm. front of the right person or people mm-hmm. or audience, I think mm-hmm. uh, I, I could think yeah. it would see success. I mean, I, yeah. looking at just like the random little keychain door opener things for mm-hmm. uh, you know. The, like, I don't know if you've seen those ads, but we're just getting bombarded with them. And they seem just a random product that, you know, seems to be crushing it right now because it's it's fulfilling an immediate need that everyone is is looking what is for. What is that again? Um, there's these these little, uh, I think they're copper. They look kind of like, a, or they are a keychain, but they just like these little copper metal pieces that are um, supposed to be like antimicrobial or mi- microbial. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, they... You use them to open doors and touch buttons and things that oh, you know might be, have a lot of germs on them, yeah, and it just yeah, it, it attaches yeah. to your keychain or to yeah. your, your pocket. Yeah. And uh, um, so I've been hit, getting hit with a bunch of different ads like that on social media, and I think that's a good example of just like mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like I don't really care about anything other than it. Like like it, it, the product just makes sense for what it does. It serves an immediate purpose. It fulfills a need and. Uh, you know, the brand behind it is just some random name to me, but the product yeah. itself stands out. So I yeah. think I think as long as the product's strong or the creative for that product is strong, I think you, anyone could see success with Facebook ads if it's done right. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, I was just t- chatting to a few people because there's quite a few kind of up and coming, what are they kind of influencer marketers? Have you heard of that phrase? You know, where basically, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, using Instagram and all the social kind of channels to really kind of push i suppose things like fashion brands would be a big one um i remember one of our customers select fashion was with um this program called towie um mm-hmm. the only way is essex i think i don't know something something mad i've never seen it honest um <laughs> but um yeah uh, it seems like it's quite an important thing and i'm what i'm what i'm sort of intrigued by is that you know we're in the middle of lockdown there is there is a lot of complexity right now in terms of the marketplace you know in e-commerce and certain certain verticals obviously are going mad up some are going down at the moment and obviously struggling more than others and i'm just thinking to myself you know with with what you're saying about how you've been savvy to kind of get in amongst it and actually gain some benefit out of the fact that um certain things are cheaper now in terms of advertising spend and i, I wonder if if everybody else is kind of doing that and, and and if not is that is that a handy kind of message for 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 those guys that might be looking for a way to kind of try and capitalize on on the current situation that we're in um, i mean i feel like anyone that's not taking full advantage of this opportunity if they mm-hmm. can and i recognize you know there's people have overhead people have expenses yeah. that might prohibit them from being able to you know spend hundreds a day on advertising mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, I think any company that it, that has the funds, has the resources, has the uh, the time yeah. to invest in uh, social media advertising, if they're not taking full advantage of the current gold rush that's on there, I, I feel yeah. like it's a missed opportunity. And yeah. I've been really trying to preach that to a few of the local brands that I'm, I'm close with, mm-hmm. um, trying to help you know help them take full advantage of it, just because mm-hmm. these these numbers are exciting. They are unlike anything I've seen before. And I mean, it's one of those yeah. things where like, I have nothing to gain by, mm-hmm. uh, you know, promoting, making sure people take advantage of it. Like, you know, I, I don't yeah. get, 
You know, yeah. I'm not invested in Facebook. I don't get, you know, kickbacks for more people spend through them, but it's, mm. it's coming from a place of like, I've seen this before and I made the mistake of not taking full advantage of it while it was there. And yeah, now that yeah. it's here, I'm trying to, you yeah. know, <laughs> let just let right. people know right, it's, right. There. It, it's there. It's there. And it, um, one thing that I, I've, I've, I've said this in the past and I think mm. I still stand really by it that yeah. if you're in the e-commerce space, and you don't consider yourself a social media, Facebook advertising master, yeah. you are like just crippling yourself and not taking advantage of the opportunity that's out there. And I mean, yeah. I recognize there's different roads for different uh, people. And I recognize there's, you know, there's many different paths to build the company you want. But as yeah. far as selling more stuff online, the, you know, it's a, an amazing tool to, to do it and to take full advantage of it is uh, it's out there and it's possible. You just have to dedicate a little bit of time and energy to, yeah. to learn it. Absolutely. And what you've mentioned is testimony to the fact you, you can succeed doing this stuff, you know, during tough times, which is amazing. A hundred percent. We didn't yeah. expect that at all. We, we ah. saw the first week we saw a massive drop and we expected yeah, yeah. it to stay like that for months. We actually, we yeah. got out a loan through PayPal just to keep our, our head above water for the next wow. couple of months as we expected to see a major drop in sales. And we didn't yeah, know yeah. what the future would hold. And uh, yeah. luckily it, it didn't come to that, but at least yet. Yeah. No, no, not at all. No, it's really, really interesting. I mean, if anybody wants to get in touch with you directly, just have a chat or find out more about what you're doing, um, what's the best way to get hold of you? Uh, so directly just via email. My email is jimmy at finleyhats.com. That's J-I-M-M-Y at finleyhats.com, F-I-N-D-L-A-Y-H-A-T-S.com. And I'm always happy to answer any questions. Uh, you know, pretty much I always say this at the end of a podcast and I've, I've you know, it, my email is yeah. out there and I do not get that many emails from people with questions. So, uh, um, you know, the few people that do, you, you know, I'll yeah. generally answer it as, as in depth as I can. And, uh, I'm really happy to help. I'm in no way, you know, an expert in, in a lot of things. And I've, I have a, still a lot to learn. Um, but through the six years of running Finley and the, yeah. uh, building the team and, you know, building yeah. the brand and all that stuff, I've, I've got mm -hmm. some experience. So I'm more than happy to share it with Definitely. anyone who's willing to listen. That, that's amazing. That is amazing. And I suppose when, when you batten it down like that into your full journey that you just mentioned then, if there was one thing based on that, you know, everything you've said in, the, in, the, in this chat today that you love our listeners to take away from, from today, what, what would you boil that down as what would it be? Oof. So <laughs> it's okay. this goes back to like the early stage people that might be listening. So this yeah. is this is my uh, piece of advice to someone that is on the fence about starting what they want to do or, or needs mm. that little extra push is uh, you just got to do it. You can't let fear hold yeah. you back from doing what you want to do. Uh, it's one of those things that, and I've seen it time and time again with, with friends that have ideas yeah. and things that they want to do. Yeah. And they're just too afraid to commit. They're too afraid to mm. uh, take that next step to make it a reality. And they have these, yeah. these big ideas and yeah. they're just, they're letting fear hold them back from doing what they want to do. And, yeah. um, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and waiting for a sign to, you know, to, to, waiting for that perfect moment, you got to just make it, you got it. Now is the perfect moment. Yeah. So, uh, I, I would just say, you know, go for it completely. And you know what, what I would say is as, as well, and what I've heard today, and I, I completely agree with what you're talking about, but the one thing stood out for me that you, you logically looked at this whole journey and you started. And the thing that I would take from it, from anything that I would do is test and measure. You did exactly like the textbook thing. You know, you didn't jump in blindly. You had this cool idea. You, you tested the idea. You got some really cool feedback. You, you, you didn't spend too much money in getting some sort of, you know, um, MVPs like you said together. You then tested that. 
You then build it up a little bit more and then bang, all of a sudden he's like, hold on a minute. So you can do it. If, and I think by testing measuring, you, you take away this whole kind of like, I've got this massive potential mountain I'm going to climb. I couldn't possibly do that. I'm not confident enough or it's too much to risk. But you can break it down to something actually quite small and say, look, I can, I can make a hat. I can test what my mates like it. I can go to some, you know, some mates that I've got who run snowboard shops, whatever it might be, and see if they like them. And then I can put a few in and see if they sell. And I mean, bang. I mean, that's great. And, and you yeah, absolutely. That, right? Yeah, it's not it's not that scary when you when you break it down into little steps like that. And you know, people are so afraid of failure, but worst case scenario, yeah. it didn't work. You know, I'm out a couple hundred bucks well, that's and it. uh I yeah. tried it and then I can move on to the next one. You know, it's yeah. like the absolute worst case scenario absolutely, you know, is, is never really that bad. So no, you know. not at all. Well listen, Jimmy, thank you so much for that. It was really cool to chat to you uh, on the other side of the world. Amazing. <laughs> um and uh thanks guys for listening. I hope I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, just to finish off, if you haven't done so already, um, do go and register at the website, um, segmentify.com forward slash podcast, and you'll be able to get all the new podcasts, including Jimmy's, that'll be there, obviously, for the future. Any chats we have with you, Jimmy, love to come and, uh, uh, and talk to you again, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, absolutely, Phil. Thanks for having awesome. me. No, no problems. And any of the existing podcasts that are already there and any future ones, if you sign up, you get them all as and when they come out. Um, if you've got any questions at all, or you want to be involved in the in the show, do email me at phil at segmentify.com anytime. And I like Jimmy. I love to get an email and I'll certainly answer it in detail. So um, thanks so much, everybody. And thanks, Jimmy, again. And we'll speak to you again soon. Put us to the test and let us prove we can drive more revenue for you. Sign up for a completely free proof of concept or split test against your current provider. Set up and optimized by our team within a few days at segmentify.com slash demo.